Good morning and welcome back to Sinister Sunrise. I'm Morgan. I'm Erin. I'm Sarah. And today, as always, we're going to talk about things that interest us, ghost, true crime, and the human mind. Basically, everything you don't bring up on a first date. <laughs> Before we start the game to decide what order we tell our stories, how was everyone's week? It's okay. pretty good. I finally finished the book American Psycho. Ooh. It I took me a long time because it is psycho. <laughs> <laughs> is it a big book? Like, is it a long no, story? No, okay. that long, but it goes from, like, Three pages of eight-point font of him talking about what everyone's wearing, like he's wearing a <laughs> Giamani, whatever, to him being like, and then I was going on a date, I saw a homeless man, cut his eyeball out, stomped on something, mm-hmm. and then I went to the gym for two hours. Like, it was just very hard for me to read because... Like, rereading the same sentence, like, did that really just happen? Yeah, because, like, the flow of it didn't make sense to me. And then, uh-huh. like, in the very beginning, like, you see him, like, allude to crazy things, but he doesn't say what he did. And then it keeps getting more and more graphic as the book goes. Oh, so, yeah. I'm not going to tell you the worst things. If you want to read it, you can. But um, mm-hmm. I might have to. It, now, and then I started a romance novel after it because I needed to. Like, oh, pick me, as well. yes. pick me up. The romance Eesh. novel was nice. good. I read that for three days. Oh, a little easier to, a little easier on the mind there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's called Highlander Wanted. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Aaron, how's your week? Yeah. Um, I don't have the flu anymore, so Yay! I'm doing a lot better than I did last week. Poor um, yes. I have also got some mail. Um, <laughs> you got mail? Yeah. Mail time, mail. <laughs> How does it it's go? the mail that never fails. It makes me want yeah. to wag my tail. I don't. When it comes, I want to wail mail. Blue's Blues. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I get the lyrics right, but it rhymes. So. No, I, I think, think that you. was it. <laughs> That's how my brain works. It took me a minute, but I just felt like I was back in third grade. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. No, I was just excited about it because at the end of March, I had jury duty. Whoa! Yeah. I'm jealous, actually. Oh, I've never been called. Me neither. There was one of my coworkers who's just a little bit older than me. Yeah. was like, I've never been asked. No. Never received they, for jury Maybe duty. they've listened to our podcast and they want your expertise. They know you're going to I feel like that would get me kicked out, actually. Erin, listen to me. That's the way it is. That's going to be one of the questions. Who has a podcast and talks about truth? Skirt, you done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go home. But yeah, so I'm exciting. really interested to see if I can get I hope you know, end a up. traffic ticket. I hope it's something cool. I mean, I know you can't like tell us about it, but like, you should tell us about it. After it's done. Yes, but that's at the end of March, so I thought that was just something you guys would think would be cool, too. I'm so yes. like everyone else is like, what the hell? Well, I got it. <laughs> Excuse me. I had a piece of mail, and then I was telling like my family about it, so my grandparents talked about the cases, like, I guess they had been on, which mm-hmm. were, you know, just small. Right. And my dad told me about one, and he was like, I got to sleep for a couple nights, and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, so, yeah. Someone's yeah. life experience. Yeah, exactly, oh, which I think yeah. is... I forget that. That's part of it. Yeah, you really can't be, like, passive. Because I'm sure there are people who go there and they don't give a shit and they're just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you have to actually care because you're the one. Like, your decision is going to either let someone go or put them in jail. So I'm really curious. If I do end up getting picked for anything, like, yeah. If anyone can do it, you can. But you're welcome. Yeah, we can, like, we can believe, like, the facts in front of us. Like, right. We can it out. It's supposed to be, like, without reasonable doubt. I would not be a good candidate for jury duty because the first person who gets to like tell their story, I'd be like, oh my god, he did it. And then the other person would counter back and I'd be like, he did not do it. I would have yeah, <laughs> just like a notebook, like writing <laughs> manically, like, what's going on? I need to remember. I'm very gullible, so yes, I'd be like, everyone's guilty. Everyone's innocent. I listen to too much Dateline. 
no, I'll send you my statement. I'd be like, no, yep, you're guilty as hell. And oh my god, he fucked this. He did not do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm debating. I need to go to like the library just to maybe like you know grab a book because I know they put you in a room and so they either call yeah. you and ask yeah. you questions. But the only books I have right now are books about like killers and serial killers. And oh, I'm like, hey, could him. you imagine if someone just right, walked in? Like, American Psycho when they call you. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I have jury duty in the end of the March. I'll let you guys know if I get picked. Very so. nice. Are you still yeah. reading that Lady Killers book? I, I am. I'm like halfway through it. It's yeah. such like a quick read because when you actually look at and see how long the book is, there's all those like extra notes at the yeah. end, which is cool too. But I really like the author. She's really just funny. And I, I like her. her name, but she is funny. Yes, I don't know the author's name. Sorry, off the top of my head. But yeah, I like how she writes. Mm-hmm. It's a very good book. Obviously, the two readers of this group have been doing some excellent reading. I'm over here mm-hmm. like, uh, what have I been doing? Actually, listen to a podcast. Oh, uh-huh. our podcast? Uh, <laughs> Only our podcast? Uh, it's about these three girls who talk now. Um, <laughs> uh, you've been cheating on this, Morgan. <gasps> I have a little bit, but it's not with three girls. Oh, that sounded bad. It's with, um, it's, it's actually, I don't know, I don't know when it came out. But it's called The Clearing, and it's about Edward Wayne Edwards. Uh-huh. That sounds familiar. It's really good. At first, I was like, oof, I don't know if I can handle this. these people's voices. Mm-hmm. But I'm on episode, like, six, and it is, wow, what an interesting fella. Was he on a game, like, a dating game show? Is that him? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's, um, I just listened to an episode about him on a different podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can scrap it. Who is Edward Wayne Edwards, then? Uh, he is, well, there's a, there's a bunch of theories right now. There's one guy who thinks that he is every unsolved murder ever. He's a busy man. Um, that's part of the I, podcast wasn't going to cover any of that. And then like, that's now what it's like transitioning to is like basically oh. debunking what he has and hasn't done. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. his, the big, it might, this might make you think of it. There's been like a lot of shows that cover it, but, um, it's his daughter when she's yeah. grown and she's the one that's like, I think my dad did this. Was just, this the one where she thinks her dad was um, the Zodiac killer? Is that well, she doesn't. She, she does not. Does, oh, there's okay. a conspiracy theory. Okay, so what she does is she's like, hey, I think my dad did this one crime. And then from oh, there, okay. they find out, I think, five or seven were actually true when he did it. Okay. But then yeah. now there's this other guy who is like, he killed JonBenet Ramsey. He uh, killed the Black Dahlia. And, like, I mean, okay. literally every unsolved murder, he thinks he did it. I started listening to Clearing. Yes. Yes. It's to the really daughter. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had those on. <laughs> but, yeah. So, it's really good. So, a little shout out to that podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you probably should. I am. I'm trying not to binge it. it and, like, save it. But it's really hard. I know. So, yeah. We actually talked about, like, they would give Mel the night and move and stuff like that. And, he was abusive, maybe, and the mom left him or didn't leave. Him. Oh, he's had like three wives, and it's just yeah. it's every every episode. There's something where I'm like, what? Like mm-hmm. how, how? This isn't this isn't human. This isn't normal. And so it's just her whole life. Even if he didn't kill anyone, he's still a bad guy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So with that, let's uh, play our game. All right. I found none of us had like. I did something great this week. <laughs> I read about crime, death. Yep. Yeah. We just talked about murder. <laughs> um, so I went a little lame this week. I'm sorry with the game. I couldn't outdo the Ouija board from, you know, the week before. Mm. Um, but I have a deck of cards and some cards. Oh. No, really, I'm going to grab, like, Ace 2-3 and <laughs> I'm just going to shuffle them. <laughs> All right. Ace 2. Not that it could be 
I mean, I guess it could have been any. Yeah. Any. Oh, no, that works. But this is kind of like. Oh my god. About oh man, I thought they were all the same suit, and I didn't even mean to, but they all, they all, all are the black card. Black card. show. Uh, Ace will go first. Two okay. will go second, and three will go third. <laughs> Got it. Thank you for laughing. <laughs> so sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope when I get old, that's the only laugh I have. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. Right. Aaron, oh, you are wait. literally. I'm calling you out. You're a spy. Last episode, looking at the answers. I don't, I don't know where you're putting them. I'm putting I... them on the side of me and shuffling them so you can't see. Aaron has okay. wandering eyes. All right, don't look, but pick your card. I, Sarah, I said don't look. Sarah, I said don't oh, look. Oh. oh. I hope wait, I'm supposed to close my eyes. No, just don't look at the card. We're gonna, we're gonna say it together. Yeah, sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I like unison. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't follow directions. <laughs> not very good listener. <laughs> I hope you get whatever you don't want. Don't look. Okay, one, two, three. Oh my god! I knew that was going to happen. Every time! Sarah oh, says, all I do is win it, <laughs> no matter what. Ace is in my hands. I put them all up. That was a little better than last time. Yeah, I it was better. <laughs> are you like wait hold on are you like practicing before you come in do you think of this before oh my god we <laughs> no stop it <laughs> well i listened to the last one and i was like oh man we missed some beats in there we could have real <laughs> but i had an ending last time and then i i didn't think i would really win again so um you know what? i mean i actually am pretty impressed because like not to toot my horn but i'm probably like the most like gangster out of all of us it's, it's, it's a bad word but it's not but I'm, I'm really impressed with you yeah your rapping skills have really improved over the thank last couple you. weeks thank you so we expect something even better next time yeah okay well the stakes I... are higher what if you lose you better come up with a losing rap we are the losers <laughs> okay that's not a rap but I'm just really trying to show you my range mm-hmm. okay alright fine alright all right, so sorry I got ace Aaron got two. Yep. Morgan got Triz. Yep. Surprise, surprise. Alright. So, ladies. This is so unexpected for me to be first. Oh, God. I'm so nervous. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> Keep rubbing it in. That was the most ungangster thing I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, also, listening to this podcast, I have maniac laughter. I was <laughs> listening, like... And I always hear it, I'm like, who is that? And it hits me, because I can get your laugh, Morgan, and your laugh, Aaron, and then I'm the one who sounds like a, like, oh, 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 oh. I love your laugh, Sarah. I don't yeah. know what the, it, like, it, it builds, and it ebbs and flows. I know, I like your, I can't do it now, because I'm under pressure. You never know what you're going to I can't do it. There's a cute, like, it's not a cackle, that was a cackle, it's like a. It just, like, builds up, though. So you'll do it later and I feel out. like my laugh has we'll its own personality. It is. And okay, fine. Good morning. Let's go. Let's get <laughs> in it. I have two separate things. First one I have, I have it written out as I have two small bits for this episode. <laughs> um, part one is a dream from our listener, Hannah. Hey, so thank hey. you, Miss Hannah. So, okay, I'm gonna read exactly what she says. There is some cursing in here, so please watch your ears. For anyone listening, my sister. I'm a little disappointed, Hannah. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> In this dream, it makes sense while you're cursing. It's insane. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, Miss Hannah says, My dream starts where I'm at my dad's house, but it's not his house on the inside, only the outside. I'm home alone and someone rang the doorbell. All right, I'll answer it. I definitely shouldn't have done that because 
BC, this dude starts attacking me with a knife. Oh, I mean, he is slashing and trying to stab me, and he actually gets a few hits in. Things are a little fuzzy here because I didn't write it down. But for the most part, it's burned into my brain because it's so real and terrifying. Next thing I know, I somehow get the knife and start defending myself, a.k.a. stabbing slash slashing at him. Slash slashing. Slashing <laughs> slasher. Yeah! Thought, that was great. Thank you. IDK if I killed him or whatever. But I'm running away for some reason and I run into the basement that doesn't have a door to the outside. The lights go out and I have my phone flashlight. I'm shining it around, freaking out, and I shine it at the air ducts. And sure enough, a fucking clown starts crawling out of the air ducts. Good night. Ugh. Good night. I woke myself up freaking out. First and foremost, two points. Yes. One, I hate clowns. Yes. <laughs> two, I just want to call back to uh, my spooky dream that I told you guys about. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. I also went to my dad's house. I was actually yeah. thinking that. What happened at your dad's house? I don't know. Maybe it's like, it's like our, we call it like a safe place. And then it's just like, nightmares. Like, we're going to destroy it. Uh, actually, you're not wrong. So whenever you dream about your house, it is supposed to be like good, warm memory. Unless like you're like abused or something. But normally yeah. you have good memories of childhood at your house. So uh-huh. it should make you feel a little at home. Huh. And then monsters mm-hmm. pop in. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So I'm reading this new book. Um, and I'll insert the name of the book <laughs> later. Shit. <laughs> She's, yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, uh, sorry for the cursing. Um, yeah, so put the book and stuff in the show notes. But it's helping me kind of break down dreams better as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, here's things I noticed. Let's Google it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes you start off with what's the overall plot. So the plot is Hannah's home alone. She's fighting off attackers. And then she has to fight off clowns to survive. What people are in it. An attacker at the front door and clowns in the basement. Symbols, clowns, flashlight, and knives. I am so sorry that is your That was a terrible yeah. sentence. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the first big thing to look at in this dream, that the first big thing that happens is an invasion of privacy. Um, and you knew something wasn't right about the house or about answering the door, but you did it anyway. So being attacked slash home invasion dreams are pretty common. And that just means in your waking life, there is an intruder. It could be thoughts, feelings of doubt, mm-hmm. or it could be an actual person who is trying to infiltrate your circle your social circles. Hmm. You fight back, which is awesome. Good for you, Glenn Coco. And then you go to the basement. So according to dreamencyclopedia.com, which I use pretty often um, because this book did not specifically say going to the basement. Mm-hmm. The basement is where dark things happen. So willingly descending um, down there shows that you are ready to face your fears. So Ooh. yet again, you go, Glenn Coco. So this is fitting because this is where the scariest part of your dream happens. Clown. Um, I don't know what the clowns are doing besides crawling out of air ducts, so I can only give you a general idea of what clowns and dreams mean. And they usually show that you are fooled in your waking life or that you fear someone else's insincerity. So someone who may seem cheerful, but really they could do you harm. Overall, good for you for fighting back on the intruder and facing down your clown fears in the basement. You're a strong-willed person. So whatever or whoever the intruder is will have a hard time affecting your waking life if you're half as brave as you are in your waking life as you are in your sleeping one. <laughs> you're tough, babe. Good job, Hannah. Yes. So, yeah, that was her dream. Well, a nightmare, really, because yeah. I'm imagining, like, an it clown coming out. So I don't That's know. what I was thinking, oh, guys, yeah. Have you guys seen that TikTok of that girl? I don't even watch TikTok, but... No. Like, it's like, or no, it wasn't a TikTok. It was like a 10 second ta- talent on Snapchat. And she's like, okay, here we go. And she like looks at the camera and she like makes 
She like blinks and both of her eyes go to the outer room. She goes, we come down here, Georgie. And like, it is, <laughs> but she's yeah. so normal looking. So it's, and then she just dies laughing. But I'm like, no, 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 no. His eyes are so scary. I can't. So. Do you guys have any weird talents? Not like that. I can clap both my hands individually at the same time. Oh, yeah. I think I've showed you that before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You, you have. have. Yep. Yeah. So I can't go like You can't. You can't. You can't. I just want like a seal. Okay. So that's part one. Thank you, Hannah. I hope you don't have any more dreams like that, but I wish you fought back. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. So my second part, are you guys watching Love is Blind? Girl. <laughs> Not only because you told me to. <laughs> yes. But I show am. I'm on. Just finished the first, like, three like three minutes of episode two. Okay, well, I'm going to spoil yes. some things, so I'm super sorry. That's okay. I've but only it, watched episode one. But, but it shouldn't be too much of a surprise because this person sucks. <laughs> um, so, sorry, Jessica. So, in college, our professors would have us assign disorders to famous people and then kind of argue our case as to why we did that. Obviously, I'm not a psychiatrist, but it's kind of a fun way to learn about these disorders. You can yeah. see mm-hmm. some of the traits in real life people. Okay. Okay. So I thought it'd be fun and topical to diagnose whatever is going on with Jessica from Love is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> I finished it and I'm sorry. She is easily the villain of the show. Okay. I Correct. I don't think we're ever going to have a personal relationship, so if you're offended, well, you know what? You, you seem like you're offended all the time. I'm sorry, Jessica. You ruined that right effectively now, so we're not having it. I mean, you dress great, but you're a terrible person. Okay, so, I mean, she is hot and cold with Mark, who is steadily into her. Mm. Yet again, I'm ruining the show, so if you guys want to finish it, I would skip past the rest of my section. Excuse me, don't skip. Just pause. Go, go take a listen and come back. Yeah. Just pause it. <laughs> yeah. Kids. <laughs> Okay, so she's hot and cold with Mark, who is steadily into her. He is steadily trying to, like, yes. make it work. Mm-hmm. So they end up pairing together. And the whole time, he is trying. Oh, no. And she is a basket case. Okay? What? Is it still, not that you need to spoil it more, but is it still the fact where it's just that age difference just gets to her? She that- throws that around. And then at one point, she's like, what's your ideal relationship? And he says, like, you know, like, my parents, my mom is so strong. She's like, I'm not your mom. Oh, and then, like, there's, like, that one-on-one, and she's like, I'm sorry. He just keeps talking about his mom, and it is so annoying. Yeah, and I'm like, bitch, you asked him. And I'm sorry. I think it's cute that he likes his mom so much. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That is not how she comes off in episode one that much. Mm-hmm. Just uh, wait. Okay. I, have, I will have to watch more then. Wow. I have no I That's have why no I'm saying words. she is the villain. Like, at first, she's annoying. Yeah. Yet again, Jessica, I don't care if you like because we're not going to be friends. And then she just becomes mean. Okay, so she's hot and cold. Like, you see her. I said hot and cold a million times, sorry. But, like, she'll be like, oh, my God, I'm not your mom. And then she'll have a couple of drinks and try and flirt with Barnett, and he doesn't want her. Mm-hmm. And then she'll, like, be all over Mark and make out with him. Oh, wow. So it's just poor young mind. Well, yeah, and I know Mark probably has his own set of issues because he's blind to all this, but we're not talking about Mark right now. Okay? I love you, Mark. <laughs> I follow him on Instagram. and makes me oh. That's cute. It makes me really happy because now all these ladies are like, I wouldn't do that to you. So Aww. he's probably living a way better life now because he's having no problems with the ladies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So she like mentally and emotionally abuses this guy the whole time. And you can see him talking to other people like, man, like I'm just trying so hard. And he's like a ladies man. Like you can tell he has sisters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also can tell because I stalked him on Instagram and his sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she abuses him all the time. 
And she's very entitled to the point where when she doesn't get her first pick man, Barnett, she continues to pursue him the rest of the show, not caring that the other two partners can see this. She impulsively drinks too much, leading the internet to nickname her Messica. (laughs) (laughs) And in the end, she knows she's going to tell Mark no, but she sets up a wedding ceremony anyway. She excitedly nods along when Mark is agreeing to marry her. She's like, yeah, like, oh my God, like, I love you, babe. Yeah, saying all this shit. And then when it's her turn, she flat just says, no. (gasps) And some of her snotty-ass friends, like, whisper themselves, like, that must be so embarrassing. Oh my God. And then in the interview after it, she's like, I don't feel bad at all. I'll tell whoever I need to sorry, but I'm not apologizing to myself. But you let it go to that point. Yes. When you shouldn't have. Yes. Yes. Oh, poor Mark. I told you. She is a villain. Yeah. Okay. So, Messica is successful in her daily life. At one point in the show, she points out that she makes six figures. Um, Good job, Messica. You're probably drinking it away. Yep. I know that she is not suffering from a mental disorder. This just means, like, she can function. Yeah, she can function in day-to-day life. Instead, we are going to be looking at personality disorders. And for the reasons I've named above, I thought of two that fit Jessica like a glove. Um, and I got these definitions, like flat-out definitions, from psychologytoday.com. Cool. So the two ones we're looking at today are borderline personality disorder. It's also called emotionally unstable personality <laughs> disorder. Um, and narcissistic personality disorder. Ooh. So the more you watch it, the more you're going to see the fit. Can't wait. Okay, so in borderline personality or emotional unstable personality, the person essentially lacks a sense of self and as a result expresses feelings of emptiness and fears of abandonment. She does talk about the fear of abandonment in a later episode. Okay. There's an intense, there's a pattern of intense but unstable relationships, emotional instability, outbursts of anger, and violence, especially in response to criticism and impulsive behavior. So like at one point, She's talking to Mark after one of these hot and cold drinking periods. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I just love Gigi. She is like the best. She's beautiful. And Mark is like cuddling her, okay, because he's never Messica. And um, he's like, well, she's a close second. You know, like trying to be sweet to her or whatever. Yeah. He's like, why the fuck would you say that? Why would you say someone's a close second to me? Am I in competition with someone? He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. So me and Mark was trying to get her a compliment. You can tell he's like, whoa. Yeah. Taking the back, and he's like, I just meant, like, you're my number one. Like, she's great, but you're number one. It was one. cute, like, like, and eh, she's a close second, but, like, it's yeah, meaning, like, you are number one. That's exactly he's what like, he said. Ha, ha. He's like, I and, was just trying yeah. to, like, you know, be sweet. And just acknowledging what she Some said, too. Some cute banter. Some cute she banter. She blows up. And uh, he's like, you know what? Fine. Barnett is hot and sexy. And he's like, whoa, whoa. And he's like, I'm sleeping on the couch. Like, I'm not dealing with you right now. So these are kind Aww. of examples of, like, impulsive behavior. Like, she's oh, over yeah. drinking. And then she has this outburst of anger for no real reason. Also in borderline personality disorder, there are suicidal threats and active self-harm, which they probably need medical attention. So borderline PD, as they call it, is thought to be the quote-unquote borderline between neurotic, so anxiety disorder disorders, and psychotic disorders like schizophrenia and bipolar. So it's suggested that first borderline personality disorder often occurs after like childhood sexual abuse, but it doesn't have to. And I I don't think that's the case with Jessica. So obviously I wouldn't diagnose her with this. She has like traits that you can also pick up on. Yeah. So it's more common in women. And some people say it's because women are more likely to suffer sexual abuse. 
However, feminists have argued that borderline personality disorder is more common in women because women presenting anger and promiscuous behavior tend to be labeled with it, whereas men presenting with this behavior are labeled with antisocial. Okay. So, getting it, she's obviously not a perfect fit, but she has really good traits. Okay, so the second one, which I think is a better fit than ever, is narcissistic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in narcissistic PD, as we're going to shorten it, the person has an extreme feeling of self-importance, a sense of entitlement, and a need to be admired. This person is envious of others and expects them to be the same as they are. So this person's going to lack empathy, obviously does not care about Mark, and readily lies and exploits others to achieve what they aim to do. This person um, may seem self-absorbed, controlling, intolerant, selfish, or insensitive. Hmm. If he or she feels obstructed or ridiculed, they can fly into a fit of destructive anger and revenge. Such a reaction is sometimes called a narcissistic rage and can have disastrous consequences for all those involved. So the manipulative one, I think, is really important. So at one point, Barnett tells Messica, like, in the pods, like, hey, I don't want to be with you. I'm sorry. I don't know. And she, like, loses her mind. Oh, my God. Immediately goes to Mark and starts sobbing. It was like, it was all him. It was never me. Like, you're the one for me. And he kind of upset, but he's like, you know what? This is what it took for you to realize, like, we're meant to be together. Like, this is how bad I want you. Like, I know mm-hmm. you're the one. So she just exploits that. And, like, yeah. acts like a victim. And he's like, oh, God. Mm. Okay. The whole time. I saw this thing, and they changed love is blind to Mark is blind. <laughs> yes. I saw that going around, yes. and now I know that. And it's true. But you can, like, you can also see, like, she gives him just enough for him to think, like, okay, we're making strides. Like, I will be your constant. That's what you mean. Yeah. And like you just said, like, the whole, like, the, like, what you just said, like, to to pair with that description of the, of the personality disorder is, like, she also, at one point in episode one, was, like, falling all over, what's his name? Barnett. I was going to say Barnhart. (laughs) Mazzaro. But, like, he's, like, you know, I just really need to know, like, where you are with this. Mm -hmm. I just think I'm really liking you. And she's, like, oh, my God, I've never been told that. Bitch, Mark told you that .7 seconds ago. Like, I I literally was, like, I gasped on when I was sitting on the couch. I'm, like, the shitty girl. I knew she she was not good, but I was just, like, oh, that's the point. Like, well, and the way you watch her interact with, like, the other girls on the show, too, you can see, like, there is no connection. Like, she can't... She's sitting there, and her eyes are just, like, blank. Yeah, she can't make those, like, personal connections to people. She's just, like, like, sitting there, like, laughing when other people do. Well, yeah, and then, okay, so lack of empathy. Everyone else gets married at this one same venue, but hers has to be better, of course. So hers is the only one that's not at the same venue. Wow. It's this really fancy place, and no one walks down the aisle, because I think she knew she wasn't going to marry him. And then... So I'm just mm-hmm. sorry. I'm setting up this lack yeah. of empathy. So Mark is all excited. He gets down there. He's so happy. Oh, for a minute, I thought she was going to say yes. And I was like, run, Mark, run. <laughs> um, you know, and like just to put him through all of that when you know from day one you're not What her answer him. is, yeah. You said yes. when you said she was nodding along with him, I like no, because she's smiling and batting her fake eyelashes, like, oh my god, I was so happy. Ugh. And then it's like, no. And you see Marcus just, like, dumbfounded. Like, oh, I thought, no, because they finally banged, and, like, you can tell, like, he thought, like, they're really making headway. Like, this is just, like, a little mm-hmm. trial they had to get through. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I think she's more of a thing for narcissistic, but she had points of emotionally unstable disorder also. Mm-hmm. Yet again, not licensed at all. This is just a fun thing we used to do for, like, mm-hmm. explaining 
So personality disorders are thought to afflict about 10% of the population, hmm. which these numbers are hard to be exact because it's also up to clinicians to decide where a normal personality stops and where personality disorders start. So like if you have different morals or different ways of looking at things in your clinician, they could easily mm-hmm. diagnose you with those or not diagnose you yeah. based on their own whatever. So these ones, like I said, are a little more subjective. They won't debilitate a person quite like a mental disorder, like a schizophrenia would, but they still impair your life. And in Jessica's case, they impaired her from seeing how amazing Mark was. <laughs> you fool! We were all rooting for you, Jessica. <laughs> Not really, because you suck. <laughs> all right, fine. But you were rooting for Mark. I was yeah. rooting for Mark to, to find be happy. Happening. Yeah. To find so happiness. he's probably better off, but... And I don't even know if that's her real personality or the show personality, but I don't care. Yeah. Well, she has two different voices, so who knows? Yes, she does. It drives me crazy. Okay, but you can treat narcissistic personality disorder. There aren't any medicines, which, I mean, duh, they don't make drugs <laughs> to help people stop thinking highly of themselves <laughs> yet. Um, instead, someone suffering with this should seek out traditional talk therapy or psychotherapy, as it's called sometimes. Um, the Mayo Clinic.com states that talk therapy can help these people relate to others better, could lead to more rewarding relationships <laughs> with Mark. And <laughs> it'll help them understand like their emotions and why they feel like that and why they feel the need to compete with others and distrust others. And it might, you know, it might show like why they actually maybe hate themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a suspicion people have. Like quit jumping off the deep end and just like breathe it out. Yeah, yeah. And for borderline personality disorder, there are medicines that can help. These would be antidepressants, antipsychotics, and mood stabilizers. Because this one is a little more serious than just being a narcissistic person. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like real problems. Um, talk therapy is also recommended for this. A psychiatrist can help these individuals manage their thoughts and emotions. They can also seek out a dialectual behavior therapy, which I had never heard of. But this is just where mm-hmm. the inflicted person would receive guidance on how to actually adapt these changes from the psychiatrist oh. in their day-to-day lives. Okay. Yeah, like a nanny to help you through the I day. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I say this a bunch of times, but I know Jessica doesn't have these personality traits, but it is a fun way to look at them and attribute them to actual actions. So, per usual, be good to yourselves and watch Love is Blind. <laughs> it's so good. It's good trash TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's all I've got. So, do you guys have any questions? Any dreams you want to talk about? No, I really... I was waiting for you to have some good fever dreams with your sickness. Oh. No, I think I was just dead. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you woke up. I I slept, I think I slept too much. (laughs) There's worse things, but all right, I'm going to pass it on to you, Miss Erin. All right. Thank you, Lauren. You're welcome. Okay, so my story today, um, for those of you who don't know, Sarah and I and her fiance are going to Alaska soon. So actually when this. What? I know. <laughs> Did you know? Tell, no. I mean, you're going to tell a story about Alaska before we go? Yes. What oh, better way to get us excited <laughs> to tell you a true crime story that happened in Alaska, in Anchorage, where we are going. Yes. So when this comes out, we'll already be back. But I'm still going to know. All right, I'm wearing chain mail. <laughs> I'm are sitting there with the biggest smirk on my face, I like, ah, ah, ah. But also not because I don't get to go to Alaska, so. Yeah, but you get to live down there. <laughs> go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> so this um, story today is about Robert Hansen, also known as the Butcher Baker. Ooh. So I used... Oh. Yes. I used quite a few sources. Um, I used Wikipedia. 
I used some articles from Murderpedia. There was kind of this, um, I don't know if I'd say more of an article, but it was written by Robin Bearfield called A Hunter, Alaska's Most Notorious Serial Killer. It was great. I will put it in the source notes. It was very detailed and like well laid out. So I really liked that article. Um, there was another article by Kevin Clarkson that I read about Alaska's sexual assault epidemic. Mm-hmm. I also use the Encyclopedia of Serial Killers, the second edition by Michael Newton that my friend Morgan Jonathan gave me. Thank you, Morgan. It was a great gift. Morgan Reagan. Morgan Reagan, sorry. <laughs> I it used to be it. Morgan Jonathan. I do that all the time. Morgan Reagan. And then I watched an FBI Files episode called The Hunter's Game, which I watched on Amazon Prime. So I hate that I want to watch all this. I'm not yes. going to take it back. All right, go ahead. Yeah, you may not want to. Oh, no. But here we go. On June 13th, 1983, in Anchorage, Alaska. That's my birthday. June 13th, that's my birthday! As soon as it said June 13th, I, like, looked up and said, what are you trying to tell me? (laughs) That we may die. Wait, what's the year? What's the year? 1983. Oh, you were just born. I didn't even a twinkle in my poppy's eyes. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Gosh, she's only 30. Jeez. I'm in 93. I am 26. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. Tell me how I'm going to die. <laughs> so a man just driving a truck spotted a young girl running down the street near an airfield. Not quite, though. <gasps> The girl was barefoot and handcuffed, and he saw a man chasing after her. Oh! So the man stopped his truck, and the girl climbed in. 17-year-old Cindy Paulson, terrified and just confused, demanded that the driver of the truck drop her off at a motel. So the driver tried to convince her to go to the police, but ended up dropping Cindy off at the motel like she asked. After dropping Cindy off, though, he went to the police station to report the incident. So Anchorage police officer Greg Baker arrived at the motel... Find Cindy still handcuffed and hysterical. Mm-hmm. Officer Baker took Cindy's handcuffs off and was able to get her calm and asked her to explain what happened. Yeah. So Cindy recounted the details of her abduction. She was a sex worker and a man had approached her and offered her money for oral sex. When she got into the man's car, he pulled a gun on her and drove her to his house in Muldoon. He chained her up, repeatedly tortured and raped oh. her for several hours. The man then drove her to Merrill Field Airport the next morning, where he planned on taking her to his cabin in, like, the woods, in the wilderness. Oh, no. When his back was turned and he was preoccupied with loading the airplane's cockpit, Cindy was able to get out of his car and escape. There you go. The man did begin to chase her, but Cindy told police that she was able to flag down that truck and get away from him. Oh. Cindy also led Officer Baker to the airfield she was running away from, where she pointed out the plane her assailant had tried to get her into. A security guard at the airport gave Officer Baker a description of the same car that Cindy had described being in, as well as the car's license plate. (laughs) So using this information, Officer Baker was able to find out that the car and airplane were registered to a man named Robert Hansen. I don't like that one bit. Officer Baker decided to pay Hansen a visit and drove to his home. When questioned about his whereabouts, Hansen denied that he was ever at the scene, um, claiming that he was at, or at least not Cindy, claiming that he was at a friend's house from 5 to 11.30 that night, fixing a seat for his airplane. Later, he then went to another friend's house where he stayed till 5 in the morning, and then he was at the airport where he was working to get the fixed seat into his airplane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did he ever sleep in any of these places? 
Well, two of his friends, John Sumrall and John Henning, backed up Hansen's account, giving him an alibi. So okay. he had that. While the inside of Hansen's house was exactly how Cindy had described it to <clears throat> Officer Baker, there was no solid evidence that corroborated Cindy's claim. So it's not that she wasn't in the house, but did those actions actually happen? You know what I mean? So I know. So they just, they just said for her in hell, did it? N- no. So the prosecutor um, was pretty much left to determine whether a case could even be made against Hansen, who did have that alibi from two well-respected Anchorage men um, against the claims of a teenage sex worker. So the case oh. ended up being dropped before oh charges could be brought to Hansen. However, even though, yes, even though the case had been suspended, Officer Baker began looking into Hansen and gathering information on his life before he moved to Anchorage and, and any incidents he may have had previously with the law. Mm-hmm. So Robert Hansen was born in Pocahontas, Iowa in hey. 1939. I like Pocahontas. Sorry. Oh, I was like, <laughs> do you reside? <laughs> no, no, I just like that word. <laughs> As, <laughs> As a child, Hansen had a stutter. Andy suffered from acne, which had left him with permanent acne scars, so he was pretty self-conscious about that. Hanson was described as quiet, shy, skinny, and a loner. Popular girls at school would reject him, and he came to hate these girls so much that he began having revenge fantasies, just imagining ways he could get back at them. Because they didn't want to date him? Why don't you ask an uglier girl? They need boyfriends, too. I'm sorry. What was that? There's a psychology experiment where, like, you put the number on your head, and you, like, almost always end up matching with your number. Mm-hmm. Because, no, like, you want the mm-hmm. highest number possible. Yeah. And, like, a 12 isn't going to go with a 1. Dude, find your 1. Like, uh-huh. There's no shame in not being the prettiest person in the room. I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're the prettiest person to somebody, okay? <laughs> not you as a person. I mean, like. If someone is ugly, like someone's saying, gonna think man, I hope it's Wes. <laughs> no, yeah. well, and that stuff's always off. subjective anyway. Yeah, so what, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank yeah. you. We're all beautiful in this room. Yeah. All right, cool. We in beautiful. In and out. Hansen also had a difficult relationship with his father. He began to take up hunting and archery as hobbies, which he just found comfort in. After graduating from high school, Hansen joined the United States Army Reserve in 1957, but was discharged after serving only a year. I didn't find any reason for it. Hmm. He returned home to Iowa to work at his father's bakery, where he met and married his first wife in the summer of 1960. Summer of love. Mm-hmm. On December 7, <laughs> 1960, Hansen was arrested for burning down a Pocahontas County school bus garage. He was convicted of arson and sentenced to three years in prison. He just got married and that happened? Yep. Wow. That's how I'm going to celebrate. Yeah. Let's burn our place down. Yeehaw. <laughs> During his sentence, the psychiatrist diagnosed Hansen with bipolar disorder, which at the time was called manic depression, with periodic schizophrenic episodes. The psychiatrist also said that Hansen had an infantile personality and was obsessed with getting revenge on people he thought had wronged him. What's an infantile person? I, actually don't I think it's just he has like very strong personal reactions. It's just like it's not mature personality. Uh, like he doesn't know how sense. to handle He's certain situations. Okay. Yes, immature, distorted. Okay, I'm very immature, but I didn't know. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, while he was in prison, his wife filed for divorce. Duh. Hansen did end up being paroled a year early because a different psychiatrist said that at the time Hansen's behavior had improved, so he didn't serve the full sentence. Hansen then met his second wife, Darla Henriksen, after his release from prison. 
They married in 1963 and had two children. Hansen continued to work in the bakery biz, taking jobs in Minnesota and North Dakota. Bacon biz. Mm -hmm. In 1965, Hansen was arrested for shoplifting. Darla was able to get the charges dropped by persuading the pastor at her church to like vouch for him. Oh, dang. So, that's a solid wife. That's a good wife. In, for a bad man. Mm-hmm. In 1967, Hansen, Darla, and their two children moved to Anchorage, Alaska, where Hansen opened his own bakery, which ended up being very successful, and Darla took a job as a teacher. So Hansen very much thrived in Alaska, like okay. he didn't in back home in Iowa. His neighbors liked him. He was known as an outdoors man who was very skilled at like hunting animals with his rifle or his bow and arrow. He became friends with John Sumrall, who was also a fellow hunter and was also very well respected in Anchorage. In 1972, Hansen was convicted of assault after following 18-year-old Susie Hepburn to her apartment where he approached her. Hansen pointed a gun at her head and said, quote, shut up, sweetheart, or I'll blow your head off, unquote. That's a great pickup line. Mm-hmm. She'll definitely know what that. I mean, 100% success rate. One of Susie's roommates heard her screams and called the police. Another roommate yelled at Hanson and told him that the police were on their way. When Hanson started to force Susie towards the street, he kept his gun on her, but then the police arrived, so Hanson ran away. Yeah. The police were able to catch Hanson, yes. but he was released on his own recognizance, no. meaning... I had to look this up because I was like, I don't know what that means. Meaning he just made an agreement with the court that even if he was, like, released, like, he wouldn't stay in prison. He was released, but he had to come back later. Okay. Yes. To settle that issue. Is that only in Alaska, or does that happen everywhere? I think it happens in places. Yeah. Okay. So it's not even, like, a slap on the wrist. Like, they're going to come back to it, but he doesn't have to stay in jail for it, I guess. That's I could be totally wrong, though. If anyone knows, let me know, but... That's what I found on Google. I hope if I get it right. It's like Jeffrey Epstein. When he just got to like leave for like 10 hours a day. That was like going back there and like sleep there. So I guess he had less though because he needed not to go yeah, and sleep he didn't there. Have to go. He was like, hey, I'll be back when it's time. Let me just bargain with you. Mm-hmm. You like my, my pastries, don't you? <laughs> you want those to keep rolling? I can't be in here. Yep, I can't be in Sorry. No, you are fine. Three days later, Hanson kidnapped an exotic dancer topless dancer, however you describe, um, and took her to a cabin on the Kenai Peninsula um, where he raped her. Driving back to Anchorage, Hansen took out his gun, pointed at the woman, and told her to start running. But she began pleading for her life, so Hansen ended up sparing the woman and took her back to Anchorage. Oh, my God. Hansen wrote down the names and addresses of the woman's parents, threatening to kill them if a woman ever talked to police about what happened. On Christmas Day in 1971, the naked body of a college freshman was found in a ravine near the area where Hansen had kidnapped the exotic dancer. Realizing that Hansen may have had something to do with the girl's death, um, that woman went to trooper headquarters to report her abduction and rape. She also identified Hansen in a photo and told police that he was her kidnapper. Mm-hmm. He was arrested, but the charges against the exotic dancer were dropped because Hansen's lawyer brought up you know, her job. Reputation, that she so used they, drugs. They sloot shamed her. Yep. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. However, Hanson was sent to prison for the assault of Susie Hepburn, which, again, he didn't fully serve because a doctor determined that he was psychologically fit and his sentence was, you know, reduced. He didn't serve anything. Good for him. Woohoo. Yes. Super happy. <laughs> And just more stuff keeps on happening. Um, on 
July 7th, 1973, 17-year-old Megan Emmerich was last seen folding her laundry at a dorm in Seward, Alaska. Mm -hmm. Two years later, in 1975, 22-year-old Mary Kay Phil was dropped off by friends in Seward and was never seen again. A few weeks later, Hansen kidnapped um, another uh, sex worker, taking her to a state park and raping her. He let her go, and the woman reported the rape but did not press charges against him. Hansen's parole officer was notified of the incident, but the parole officer claimed that Hansen and the woman were on a date. The matter, the matter was just dropped. It didn't go anywhere. We're at what three now? We're at a lot. In November of 1976, Hansen was arrested and sentenced to five years in prison after stealing a chainsaw from a store in Anchorage. Uh, Okay. Mm-hmm. He served only 16 months of the five-year sentence and was released early due to his previous offenses occurring just years earlier and because he was a respected member of the community. So did he serve more time for a chainsaw than assault on a woman? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Is that what I'm uh-huh. hearing with mm-hmm. my earbuds? Yes, what you're hearing with your earbuds. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm like angry. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, this is great. <laughs> Aaron, this is a really good one. This is like making. This is an uplifting story. If Isn't I it getting more excited for anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't be eating any pastries. I'm <laughs> sure. Okay, go on. And then right after he is released from prison yet again, investigators do believe that at this time he started committing like numerous amounts of rape and murder. In May of 1980, the body of Joanna Messina was found in a gravel pit near Seward Anchorage. Two months later, the body of another woman was found unearthed by construction workers 100 miles away from Seward, outside of Anchorage on Eklutna Road. Sorry if I mispronounced that. This victim has never been identified and was referred to as Eklutna Annie by police assigned to work the case. Since the two women were found pretty far apart, police, you know, assumed at first that these deaths, like, weren't connected, Mm -hmm. that they were different. So is his, um, like, speed of killing getting faster, or are they just finding the bodies now? Um, or I guess frequency of killing, not speed. I think both. But yes, they are starting to find them, so it's starting to be on police's radar okay. more that they're obviously dealing with something, they just don't know what yet. Yeah, like what go, like what crime goes with as, as a match. Yes, and especially them. because with, like, Cindy, you know, kind of at the beginning that I told you about, that was, you know, in a different area, so that's mm-hmm. with an officer, and then I'll tell you about those um, these other bodies are being found or in kind of a different jur- jurisdiction where Alaska troopers mm-hmm. are coming in. So Always complicates stuff. Yes. Well, in Alaska, is so like vast and everything. I can see why they wouldn't mm-hmm. feel the need to talk all the time. Yeah, you're in like a town, and then like four steps over is a tundra. Yeah. Yeah. And then at this point, his um, murders and his the abductions he's doing um, just continue to escalate. In 1982, Hansen opened. Um, his bakery like he wanted to, he was able to make enough money to purchase his own airplane. In September of 1982, two off-duty police officers were hunting moose by the Knick River when they found the remains of Sherry Morrow, another sex worker who had been reported missing by her boyfriend about a year ago. Sherry was wearing her clothes that her boyfriend told police she was wearing the day she was missing, but her gold arrowhead pendant was not found at the scene. Police assumed that the remains had been there for a while, and the killer could have only gone to the area by boat or by plane. <clears throat> Sergeant Lyle Hogsman arrived at the scene and began to take note of the rising number of murdered and missing women in Anchorage. So he began to compile a list of missing women who uh, women who had gone missing in the area. 
Many of the missing women were exotic dancers, sex workers, but in the episode I watched of FBI Files, it wasn't unusual in Alaska for women in that line of work to just get on a plane and leave and go somewhere else. Mm. So go they, there, make your money, and leave. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was pretty typical. So they're not really looking into it as I guess they should have as much. Okay. But it's on the radar. Between 1980. To 1983, 12 women had been reported missing. Sergeant Hansen also began to compile a list of suspects, Hansen being among the 30 people listed. But when months passed and no killings had happened, police began to think that the murder of Sherry Morrow was maybe its own incident, not the workings of something bigger. Mm, more okay. sinister. More you sinister, <laughs> yes. However, on September 2nd, 1983, so this is three months after the abduction and rape of Cindy, the body of 17-year-old Paula Golding was found near the Kinnick River, close to where Sherry Morrow was found. She was also an exotic dancer and had been missing for five months at that time. Great. Both, so starting to get like a preferred dumping. Yes. Great. Both Sherry and Paula had been murdered in the exact same way, and both women had been redressed after their death. Evidence from both Evidence from both crime scenes were sent to the FBI for analysis and the hopes that there would find a connection between Mm -hmm. the two. Shell casings at both of the scenes that were found were determined to have been shot from the same high-powered rifle. So due to these similar findings of the scenes and the similar cause of death, Alaska troopers realized they were looking at the workings of the serial killer. They finally started thinking that that was the case. Alaska State Trooper Sergeant Glenn Fluth was assigned the case of the murdered women found by the Knick River. He contacted the FBI's Behavioral Sciences Division, which was able to make a profile of the killer. So the profile described the killer as a hardworking businessman with a family that is not aware of his activities. He has probably has a stutter or a list. What? Yeah, I know. It's How do they know that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that was the one thing they really honed in on. Was like, they believe he has a stutter or a list and is an excellent outdoorsman. It even mentioned him point that his wife was probably religious. Since his victims were sex workers, the killer had difficulty talking to women, had low self-esteem, and likely grew up as an outcast. They also believed he had a history of arson. Um, and they double picture wow. arson. Mm-hmm. That's, That's not crazy. crazy. I know. Oh my gosh. I love profiling. So very, very interesting. Yes. The FBI also told Sergeant Bluff that the killer has probably kept items from his victims, like jewelry or clothes, as trophies. Mm-hmm. So basically, this profile perfectly describes Robert Hansen. So Officer Baker and Sergeant Bluff began to work together and share information they had gathered from their respective cases. They realized mm-hmm. they were probably looking at the same person doing um, all these terrible, terrible things. They both believed that Hansen was a serial killer that had been wreaking havoc in Anchorage. Mm-hmm. So a search warrant was issued for Hansen's home, his bakery, and his airplane. No evidence was found at the bakery or Hansen's airplane. When they went to his home, Hansen's wife was there. When troopers were conducting their search, they did take videotapes of the search while they looked throughout the home. Mm-hmm. An aviation map was found behind the headboard of Hansen's bed, which had numerous X marks on it. And... From the articles I read and the FBI Files episode, anywhere, I don't know what the real number is, anywhere from like 20 to 37 X marks were like noted that were on the map. Overall, there were a lot. In the attic, a stockpile of weapons was found, including a rifle that matched the shell casings down near the Mm -hmm. bodies of the Mm -hmm. Nick River. 
Sherry Morrow's arrowhead necklace was found, as well as a bag of other women's Ooh. jewelry. Oh, I got chills. Ooh. As the evidence against Hansen, yeah, as the evidence begins to pile up against Hansen, John Sumrall and John Henning, who had previously claimed to be with Hansen the day Cindy was kidnapped, recanted their statements and said that actually Hansen was not with them that day. What? Crazy. Yeah, if yeah. I asked you to cover for me, guys, would you do it? Duh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, I mean, here's the thing. You've really got to coach me through it, because I'd be like one who's like, oh, yeah, she got no truth with me. Yeah, if I have a script, I'm like, over the phone, not in person. My face is way too telling. I'd be Very just funny in person. person. Yeah. You have to include me in the crime, so I have, like... Reason to lie? Yeah. Not that, uh, not that saving your ass isn't enough, but I'd be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'd be a much better liar if I was a part of it. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. I'm Aaron can lie. Aaron can lie. I'll help bury the body. Yeah. <laughs> Look alive, people out there. <laughs> sinister <laughs> So, while in police custody, Hansen was interrogated over several days. He finally confessed to the murder of 14 women taking place over 12 years. However, Sergeant Flo believed there were way more victims than just that. Based off of the aviation map they found, police believed that the X's amounted to a larger body count and that each X could be the location of his victim's burial sites. That's what I was scared they were going to say. It is suspected that Robert Hansen murdered 17 women and raped over 30 women who oh. either escaped his clutches or were spared between the years of 1973 to 1983. During the investigation... Police realized that where Hansen kidnapped and brought his victims and where the victims were later later buried didn't match up. So they figured out that Hansen abducted women and mm-hmm. typically they were couples dancers, sex workers. Mm-hmm. And he took them by airplane to the wilderness outside of Anchorage where they were forced to act out Hansen's sexual fantasies. Hansen said uh, to police at one point, quote, if they came across with what I wanted, we'd come back to town. I tell them if they made any trouble for me, I had connections and would have them put in jail for being prostitutes, end quote. If the women resisted or demanded to be paid for taking part in his fantasies, Hansen would strip them, make it, stalk them in the forest like animals, eventually hunting them down and killing them with his hunting knife or his rifle. Oh, oh, wow. oh, oh. I just Disgusting. The Criminal Minds space an episode off this guy? They did. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. All right. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. On February 18, 1984, Hansen was charged with the murder of four women. So Sherry Morrow, Joanna Messina, Paula Golding, and um, the unnamed woman, Klutna Annie, that police had evidence on. Those mm-hmm. are the only ones okay. that had, like, physical... I was like, physical 17 s- out of four... Or- Four out of seventeen out of four. Yeah, yeah. Are those were the only ones they had like solid evidence Enough on. Enough to convict him. Yes, Ugh. he did enter into a plea bargain, which if he did plead guilty to the four murders, he would be able to serve his sentence in a federal prison. His case wouldn't get any publicity, and his family would be left alone. But also, in order to meet the conditions of his plea bargain, Hanson also had to tell the police about the whereabouts of his other victims because police were like, obviously, there's more. Yeah, you have to come with us. Show us. Yeah, they want to give closure. Yes. So he was able to get all those things because he helped them find other bodies and remains. So using the aviation map found at Hansen's home, police took Hansen to the areas marked on the map, and they were able to locate 17 victims' grave sites and remains. Twelve of the victims were unknown to police, and many women had been reported missing during Mm -hmm. the time Hansen began his abductions and his murders. 
So 12 victims were exhumed by police and later returned to their families. Hansen has only denied the murder of three women, 17-year-old Celia Beth Van Zanten, 17-year-old Megan Emmerich, and 22-year-old Mary Phil, whose remains were found in Re- Resurrection Bay near Seward, Alaska. Police believe that Hansen did murder these women because mm-hmm. their remains were near marks that had been X'd out on his aviation map. But again, he's never admitted to it. And in the um, FBI file show, I think there were um, some remains that were found that were probably disturbed by like animals and different things that had kind of moved them from the spot. Some of the exes, they didn't find anything else. It's just odd that he wouldn't admit to like, what, like, I hate this with stuff coming out of my mouth. Like, what's three more? I wonder if it's like a control thing. Yeah. He, know, he, he knows and are like, like, I'll never tell you. You only have proof for these, so I'll show you, but these, like, I still have control over it, so yeah. I'm never going to admit it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. sure. I don't know. They did find quite a lot, though. So he had plenty more victims, but again, he was, there was only that solid evidence for the four, mm-hmm. but he did plead guilty, and he was sentenced to 461 years plus life without the possibility of parole. Wow. So he, he wasn't getting out of there. No, he wasn't. All right, well, he was imprisoned at the Spring Creek Correctional Center in Seward until May of 2014. At that point, he was taken to the Anchorage Correctional Complex, um, where he later died on August 21st, 2014, at the age of 75, due to natural causes. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a tough natural cause, because that sucks. Yeah. So that is the story of Robert Hansen, the Butcher Baker, kind of on, like, a better note um, during... The time Hansen was committing all these heinous crimes, Alaska state troopers developed protocols for handling sexual assault cases a bit better okay. and built state houses for victims of abuse. However, also on a not so great note, Alaska does have a high rate of um, just rate of homicide of female victims by male attackers. And actually, there was a website I had looked at, and I'm not sure when information was taken, so I apologize. But Alaska Native females have the highest sexual assault victimization rate of any gender or racial group in Alaska. Forty, I heard that. Yeah, 42% of all reported victims are Alaska Native females. And then mm-hmm. the median age of female sexual assault victims is around 19, most common age being 15. Ugh. Not that it's ever that's an okay thing at any age, but, like, that's so young. Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking, like, where I was at 15. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, like, bummer. And obviously, like, that was like one of those things was from 2014. That wasn't too long ago. Super like, excited to visit. <laughs> Good thing we're two females. <laughs> we have Clavin there to protect us. Oh, yeah, because he's tough as nails. <laughs> hey, people don't need to know that. He is tough as nails. He's the beefiest guy ever. You don't want to mess with him. Six foot seven. Yeah. Easily 275 He always makes pounds. jokes that I have to go to prison before he does because he's too pretty. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Sarah, look at these eyelashes. I'm like, I know you would never last a day. No. Yeah. Why is that? What do men have good eyelashes? Is it the same way? I have it. But yeah, that was my story, guys. So, Lun, I hope you're really excited for Alaska now. I can't wait to get lots of texts of like, oh my god, oh my god, this just happened. I'm going to text you once an hour, like, still alive. Yep. Yes. Pushing Aaron out of the car, still alive. (laughs) (laughs) That was interesting, though. Thank you. I think. We'll find out if we make it back. If I have nightmares, I'm calling you. And I'm not taking any private planes. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. No. Mm -hmm. What is that, a hopper or whatever they're called? No. Not doing any of that. 
Morgan, what do you got? Yeah, what do you got for us? I'm not scared enough. Let's really just top it off. All right. Well, uh, let me get my... (laughs) So, obviously, we, you know, we took, like, a little bit of a hiatus because Aaron was sick, and then I had to be out of town, and it was my birthday and Aaron's birthday, you know, mid-February. So, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. When we had our group episode, I was like, cool, got my topic, we do it to go. And then we were like, oh, we're recording, too. I was like... Ooh, what do I want to do? And I had zero ideas. I was I was struggling. Okay. So I I was I had like you know a break at work, and I was like, all right, I got a couple people who are interested in ghosts and things like that. So a shout out to my coworker Doug. He is the one that provided me my topic this week, which mm. is Kiosh, Nevada. So it is a little town in Nevada. I'm gonna okay. tell you all about it. Um, but first, I do want to give a shout out to Doug's podcast. Um, it's called Weirdos Uncensored. Oh, cool. uh, formerly was STL Weirdo um, podcast, but okay. they've all kind of moved away. So they took the STL out, but give them a listen. They're um, as far as I know, they're not like super consistent with their recordings, but mm-hmm. okay. you know, there are out there. Okay. Um, pretty much anywhere you listen to us, so Spotify podcast, any of those, check mm-hmm. them out. Okay, we'll give them a little shout out. Thanks, Doug. Yes. Um, he said, basically what made him think of this was because he has lived there, oh. so he knows kind of, like, the history and the layout of the land, and was able to, you know, give me some background on it. Okay. Basically, there are, like, many places and many articles about what feels like the entire town, so whether it's, like, a haunted road, or about building, or just, like, the entire town in general. So things like haunted cemeteries, um, it used to be a mining town. Um, so, you know what that means? Abandoned mine shafts. And if that doesn't send a little chill down your spine of a deep, dark hole in the ground, God knows what's down there. I don't know what does. I don't know how they got anyone to work in those things. That's terrifying. It wasn't, I mean, that's what, that was your money. It wasn't like a choice. It was like, all right, cool, I'm gonna go dig out all this gold, dig out all this silver, and hopefully it'll make it worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's scary. Yeah, so before I go into, like, the main topic that I chose, I... Did do like a little bit of digging, aka I watched the episode of Ghost Adventures oh <laughs> on this location oh last night. Woo! Um, and the thing that they kept hitting on, while there are certain locations, uh, like I said, that are super haunted, mm-hmm. they did bring up many, many times the the fact that it was a mining town for people who maybe don't know the like what what occurred during mining. Um, it was basically like kill or be killed. So. Yes. So they basically was like, okay, hey, uh, Aaron, let's go, let's go dig up some gold. I'm going to dig. You like watch my back or, and then you're going to dig and I'm going to watch your back. Mm-hmm. All right. I dig. Aaron's watching me. All right. It's Aaron's turn. Bang. I kill her. Take all the gold that we just worked on. And then I leave her body or push it down a mine shaft. Oh So my that God. was a very common occurrence. People would quote, I can't remember the term that they use, but literally would just like turn their backs on their like friends or the people that are quote coworkers. The biggest thing that they would do is like I said, when we would like switch shifts, they would let the first person go and do all the work and then they'd kill them and take huh. all the gold and silver and hightail it out of there. Where's the HR department? I'm telling you, I have some complaints. Probably at the bottom of my shaft. <laughs> Actually, they're probably the first to go. Yeah. yeah. All right. um, one fact that they did say was even before the town was really like there, it was mm-hmm. just, you know, like a, it was a location. It was Pioche, Nevada, but like there wasn't really like study hall or anything like that. Yeah. There were 72 murders oh, just from like the mining man. stuff. And they're in the Boot Hill Cemetery. Boot Hill. Boot Hill. So um, they said that one of the guys who's like a groundskeeper, I don't mean necessarily at the cemetery, but just like lives in town. Mm-hmm. Um, he like sees full figure apparitions just like walking down along the cemetery rows. 
um, very spooky. Like you, you definitely feel the energy. So I mean, that's all I yeah. kind of like we talked about in Titanic. That was fear. Mm-hmm. This is all fear, hostility. Right. So like just such electric One energy. Anger, too. Think your last mm-hmm. like minute on this earth is someone deceiving you. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're exhausted from like literal physical labor all day, mm-hmm. and then that happens. Like no, thank you. Um, and just to give like a little bit of hindsight, if this was in the 1860s, so that was like the big time to go do like the mining and uh-huh. all of that. Um, so that they would travel there, they'd get their gold, their silver, and try to leave. Before, right, the gold rush. Yeah, yeah, before, you know, dying. Um, <laughs> so during all of this time, um, the town was getting built up. Um, I will say like Doug did tell me when he was there, he said the prop, the pop, the population was 900 or below and he was there from like 1994 to like 2000 i think mm-hmm. that's what he said so mm-hmm. that's pretty small yeah, and he said what happened the weird the like give you some context is pioche is one little tiny town and mm-hmm. there is all of the like elementary schools 30 minutes or 30 miles away mm-hmm. is the next town and it's all the high schools 30 minutes away from that is all the middle schools he goes wow. so literally it was like we would just travel from like town to town and take like an hour commute to go to school Wow. So That's just crazy. wild to think about, and, like, that wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. So the town still very much is, like, living that old, you know, mine and saloon town life. So, yeah, that was it. I have, like, a little bit of a surprise. So I asked Doug if he, like, had any personal stories or if he could find anyone that does. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, I reached out to a bunch of friends and no one's oh. hit me up. Um, I, I don't know what to do. And I was like, I mean, do you have anything personal? He's like, no, I don't believe in that stuff. So I don't oh. he goes, so I don't really – I was – not ready to hear it, not didn't want to be a part of it. He goes, okay. I was like, yeah, well, you know, I was doing my research, Doug, and the first thing that popped up was the Overland Hotel. And he goes, oh, my God, I'm a freaking idiot. My mom worked there. What? So, for your ear hole enjoyment, I have a phone interview with Doug's mom to tell oh. us some ghost stories. How so, cool. we're going to plug it in right here. Um, I, there, she says, like, four. Uh, I think the first one's the best, so we may just play that one. But I'm going to pause here so we can listen to it. And we're yeah. going to, Wes is going to plug it in for everybody else to hear. So, awesome. That cool. is so awesome, Morgan. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I have two stories. Okay. What do you got? So... Do you remember, can you kind of picture the Overland Hotel? Can you, can you kind of remember it? Yeah, oh yeah, the full, it had like the, the entrance in the front, and then it had like a linear, um, like straight back with a bar on the right side. The hotel yeah, okay, entrance was but, on the left side, and then the... Uh, okay, the, wait, 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 wait. Oh, when you go <clears> back, you remember the dance floor entrance? Yes. Okay, so the dance floor entrance, that room back there was always creepy because um, Bob, my friend Bob, and he passed away, he was the um, maintenance guy. So he would, like, go in there. So I have a whole bunch of stories. Damn, I thought, I mean, I could tell my stories and Bob's stories. So Bob would go in there, of course, you know, at all hours of the night and the morning and stuff, right by himself, cleaning and maintenancing. And he used to always hear stuff back there, like, one day it sounded like ice rolling across the floor, like someone threw ice across the floor. He's like, what the fuck? He went back there, and he saw an old miner and a dog like walking and then just disappear into the wall whoa like he saw it like it was actually like like he saw it he freaked like did it look like a ghost or did it look like a just full person that walked through her like a old miner and a dog wow and i hated that back room and i had to go get the beer from that back freezer refrigerator and i freaking hate it okay but one night 
Okay, I always got in trouble. Like for two weeks straight, I was gonna get fired if I didn't close those dance room doors. I closed them every freaking night. Every freaking night. They had the hook latches at the top. Yeah. Every night I closed them. All right. One night, we were just waiting on Faye to finish gambling because she was on a roll. And she was up against the wall. Not that she wasn't on the bar. She was up against the wall gambling. Yeah. And so three of us were standing around her just watch her because she was winning. And I had just closed everything up. Pretty much all she has to do is cash out. We can go. Okay. I closed everything up, including the dance floor doors. And I had witnesses that I closed it so that nobody, I can't get in trouble tomorrow. And as we were standing there, we were being quiet. Cause we were just watching her, and all of a sudden we heard click, click, and the latches came on. Oh! <laughs> and we were not standing next to the door. We just looked. All of us looked at each other. I said, "Now I have witnesses." So, like, it not happened here. with you guys there, not just after hours. Yes. yes, we were there. Well, it was it was after hours. I mean, it was like two o'clock in the morning. So the second story was it was just me and Ronnie. Ronnie worked up at the. She was a bartender at the Nevada Club. Yeah. And she closed. And she came down just to visit me, and it was literally just me and Ronnie. And it was, um, I don't know, it was probably 2, 3 o'clock in the morning again, and um, I had everything, like, literally ready to just, like, walk out the door, so all she had to do was cash out, and we'd be out, right? Yeah. So, because she was, and she was playing on slot machine number one on the bar. And we, and I was just leaning over, you know, the bar talking to her, and she was playing, and we're closest to the door, okay? So can you picture that? Yeah. Okay. And... Can you picture the end of the bar, like the other direction, like the end of the bar, the, all the way down, like how long that bar was? Oh yeah, yeah, like down, down near where the uh, uh, the stock the room freezer, was. The, the pool, no, by the pool tables and the freezer and everything, and there's a big trash can over there, like a trash can. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Okay, at that end of the bar, like like the other way out of the bar. There's two ways out. The yeah. End and the beginning. Okay, it's a long bar, right? And think about it. I'm just leaning over, like, so picture your mama leaning over with her hands and her, her head in her hands, talking to Ronnie. And we're just talking, blah, 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 blah. And freaking, all of a sudden, it sounded like somebody literally threw, like, it's like someone made a basket with a beer bottle. Oh. At the other end of the bar. Like, it's like, you know how you throw a bottle into a trash can? Yeah. And I mean, clear as day and me and ryan looked at each other she's we're like we're just fucking out of here she's like i'm out <laughs> she cast out man i was shaking because it was freaking you understand what i'm saying right like someone made a basket with a bottle and oh there yeah was beer bottles in there and like you know clay, 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 you know yeah right and it was completely quiet we had no music on no tv no nothing i was literally just gonna close and she cast out pure quiet just me and her talking just chit chat and that one okay then um can't remember what jerry saw okay so Di's boyfriend, when she kicked him out, he got to go up to room 15, which all it's all remodeled now, okay? Yeah, the, o- the Overland Hotel. Yeah, it's all remodeled upstairs, but room 15 still was not remodeled at the time. It was still like an older room. Yeah. And that's where he stayed because Candace let him stay up there, which we got pissed off, but whatever. And he had a dog. I think his dog's name was Harley. It was a really cool dog. A really good dog. like Kind of like an Australian Shepherd kind of dog. And yeah, he, he was really good, and uh, freaking Kyle, he didn't believe in ghosts or nothing. He never did, but he would. Uh, that dog would always be like growling, like you know that that low growl. Oh you know? yeah, right. And 
Kyle would get up and go, what the fuck, dude? And he'd be like looking at the bathroom. And Kyle would get up and go, turn the bathroom light off. Go back to bed. And then Harley would be ground again. And the bathroom light was on again. And he was like, dude, I don't know what's going on here. But freaking his, his hackles would come up. Harley's hackles. It's a dog. Think right, about yeah. It. Yeah. And so he used to always, yeah, he was always fighting the ghost for that stupid bathroom light. He wanted it off and the ghost wanted it off for whatever freaking reason. And they were never, none of the ghosts there were ever me, um, malevolent. They were all malevolent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like non-hostile. Yeah, they were never. They never did anything weird. But you have to remember that there's a lot of history there because there's still bullet holes like up on, on all the ceilings and stuff of all the bars. Oh, really? i never seen yeah, those. From the from back in the day, yeah, because there's still, yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of bar fights back in, you gotta think about it, that was a, that town actually had 10,000 people living in it at one time. Jeez, and there was 800 when we were living there. Six. Oh, Nine, 600. Yeah, something like that, yeah, 900, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, 10,000 people, they had a Chinese laundry, like Chinese people lived there too, and they had the Chinese laundry. Yeah. And um, Boot Hill is there, but and all those uh, tunnels underneath, and all those um, people that died in the uh, the hill with the cross on it. Oh yeah, I I yeah, didn't I didn't know that that was significant for anything. I thought that was just. Yeah. No, that cross with the hill is because a lot of people they couldn't get them out. Oh, in the mine. That, that's a big mining thing under there that a bunch of people died. Oh okay. So they just they didn't bury them. They just made it like a memorial with a cross on it. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, yeah, so there was like thousands of people, and it was like it was brothels and red red district, red light district. It was a popping town. Oh yeah, and ten thousand people lived there. Like I said, because that was a silver, it was a silver mining town. And Francois Piot, he lived in San Francisco, and he never even came to Piot, but he named it because he got his money from there. I mean, they would send it however the bank would work and stuff like that. Yeah. And Francois Piot named it, and he lived in San Francisco. Nothing ever happened like in my house, and that was the sales building, the big, big sales building, like the asset building. Yeah. Before I made it into a house, and nothing ever really creepy. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I don't remember anything. I don't even, and even like we had dogs and cats, and they never, right? They never really reacted. Even like the chicken coop outside that, like, was right. scary. I, I don't think yeah, anything. Nothing, nothing about that was scary. Um. Now I now um I can't remember. Uh, Doris. Doris. Doris lived at the Nevada Club upstairs. Yeah. Doris, she was the owner. And what was the Nevada Club? The Nevada Club is a bar right up the. the oh, first okay, one I remember the, the. Yeah, up by yeah, okay, on the on the left side the of the street. Of, if you're coming down. If you're going down the right side of the street. Okay, then no, I don't remember where that one is. <laughs> the first one, the first one when you're going down like towards the silver, you know, if you're going down the down the street on the way to the Overland, it's the first bar at the top. Oh, okay, yes. That's the Nevada Club. The one on the left is called Alamo. Okay, right, yeah, right, right, right. Okay, and then you go down the street and you go to the Silver. Okay, um, she dealt with ghosts all the time, and she just basically had to deal with it. She just was like, they would just do like stupid stuff. But she, and when I worked there, I never, I never ran into no kind of weird feelings or anything at the Nevada Club. But Dora said they were always upstairs doing something, and she literally just. Cause she lived there for years. I mean, she owned it, and that was her apartment upstairs, and it was beautiful. Yeah. It was her. It was as big as the Nevada Club, a humongous apartment. Yeah. Upstairs, and she just dealt with them every day. And um, <laughs> there's a lot of bullet holes in the Nevada Club, like a lot. 
uh, in this dealing. They were always gunfighting and stuff. You got to think if that was oh yeah, but it was it was normal then. Mm-hmm. Even to get excited and just pow 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 shoot off some. They were always fighting and they were running into each other in the tunnels and killing each other underneath the tunnels. There's, there's a lot of tunnels under Pioch that are mining tunnels and they would run into each other and like fight over their gold and stuff. That's why there's a lot of people at Boot Hill that you know what I mean. They're back then. Yeah. And I would I hate it. I would not go around Boot Hill. I'm like. Mm-mm. Not yeah. at night. I remember, I like, go. like we were around that area all the time. I mean, we just didn't, I just never ran into anything. That's so weird, huh? Yeah. But yeah, the ghost, man, just, I just couldn't, I couldn't stand going back there. Like, I had to have somebody still be at the bar when I was stalking. Yeah. And I just refused, refused to go to that back room to go get freaking my beer for stocking if I was alone. Because I just, the tackles would just... Oh my god! I get my spine and my hair on my head and my back just would stand up. I couldn't handle it. It was scary. All right, so I thought we'd just you know change things up a bit. What a fun lady! Yeah, I know. I want to get a drink she was with great. her. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, actually, Doug. I don't know your mom's name, but thank you, Doug's mom. She yeah, was yeah. Very insightful. There is one thing that I want to counter about what she said, which, again, don't know if it's true or not, or maybe she just never experienced a malevolent spirit, but I watched, like I said, the Ghost Adventures episode Mm -hmm. of this, and they harped on the fact that room 10 is supposed to be like, like, there is a, they think there's a malevolent spirit that Mm -hmm. resides there, lives there, whatever. Um, They think it's very true because... A Navy SEAL was staying there. So, like, Mm -hmm. tough as nails dude, Mm -hmm. no bullshit, was staying there. And he ran downstairs and says, I was just held down in my bed, like, by a dark figure was, like, forcing me down on the bed. And, like, I could not get like He's, like, almost crying. He's so emotional. So, like, all the people who were working in, like, the saloon downstairs were like, uh, what? But they've obviously had, like, you know, bumps in the night and whatever. Mm -hmm. The place is old. You're creaks alone I mean yeah. our chairs alone sound spooky and like, <laughs> I mean but for I like I mean it is kind of a big deal for you know, six foot plus Navy SEAL ribbed mm-hmm. gentleman to come downstairs and be scared yeah is a big deal um so maybe that's hopefully the only malevolent spirit I would hope but mm-hmm. um I will say and like Doug even like messaged me after um you know I did my research and stuff and he was like you know, he sent me the link for the Ghost Adventures, and I was like, oh, I just watched it last night. He goes, yeah, my mom says it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> and, like, and they over-exaggerated everything. And I was like, right. I, you know, I get it. And honestly, I mean, to be frank, this was kind of a big disappointment. They acted, like, at the end of it, when they were, like, doing their closing segment, they were like, that's, like, the most scared we've ever been. And, like, yeah. Zach was, like, making it sound like they're they're scared to keep going and, like, keep, keep doing this. And I was like, I'm sorry. You got, like, two tiny little recordings of a voice like oh my god they told me their name like you can't even understand what they're saying there are some episodes i've watched where it's like they like literally see shadows or like here i'm gonna kill you and i'm like you think this is scarier than that so you're trying (laughs) to make a tv show yeah yeah. like at one point um oh i will say before they even got to like go and start doing their story nick stayed at the hotel like the night before they got there and he was woken up in the middle of the night by like it was, like, a loud noise, like, in the corner of his room, like, mm-hmm. someone, like, dropping something, and he was, he's, like, hello, and, like, you see, like, the night camera vision, or the night camera 
uh-huh. thing, like pan around the room and you don't really see anything. And then at one point he was like trying to debunk the noise and he opens up his closet wardrobe and like on the video, it looks like he's opening it pretty slow and inside the hangers are moving back and forth. Oh, and then no. he's like, okay. And then like, even Zach comes on, he's like, we, you know, we, we do it. We do acknowledge that this could have been, you know, caused by him opening the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Then he like, then like Nick like scoots closer to the door. And he hears the noise again, and he pans over to the wardrobe, and they're moving even faster. Like, that freaks me out more than, like, Zach being, quote, pushed to the ground. That happened. He said, like, he felt something ram into his chest. And you see the video of him, like, ah! And he's like, ah! And <laughs> like, he just tripped. He's like, it was a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do hear him say, like, oh, shit! And then, like, you see him, like, and it looks like a hard fall. And then the weird thing is, so he's up on, like, the room levels, mm-hmm. you know, trying to talk to ghosts or whatever, and Nick had been kind of really affected the entire episode, like, uh-huh. feeling like something was kind of trying to latch onto him. Uh-huh. And they did catch one orb, like, flying into his back. Yeah. So, like, that was pretty creepy, but then mm-hmm. at the exact same time, they, like, Aaron and Zach, like, lost Nick. They, like, couldn't find him, and he was downstairs in the bar just laying on the floor. What? And... He started laying down on the floor right when Zach got hit. So, like, you know, again, debunking, maybe they should that for effect. And they didn't really harp on it too much, which made me kind of think, oh, shit, maybe that's true. Right. But, yeah, so, regardless of the, you know, overacting or whatever happened yeah. in the episode, uh-huh. we did have some true stories uh-huh. from Dennis' mom. So, yeah. I just wanted to, like, come full circle with that. So, before we go, I just have a few more facts. So, like I mentioned earlier, the town was pretty, like, small, as in, like, things were very close together. You heard her reference, like, mm-hmm. you know, she's at the Overland Hotel, which also is a bar, which also has gambling and, like, mm-hmm. has all the stuff in an, an antique store right across the street. Not, like, here where we're, like, oh, there's a grocery store, you know, two miles away, and then the antique mall is, like, seven miles the other way, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but everything is in pretty close proximity. So, the courthouse, the jail, this hotel... You know, the cemetery, it's all relatively close. So okay. they did, while, you know, I don't want to go too much into detail about every other haunted place in this location or in the city because it's never-ending. They did bring up a good point on Ghost Adventures where maybe some of the ghosts who are at the Overland were from the hospital or, like, from the jail. Oh. Like, it seemed like they maybe, like, be, you know, intermixing. Okay. Because um, they did do an EVP, and I'm so, I can't remember, I think... I think it was in the Overland where they did it. It was either in the Overland or in the jail. And they caught an EVT, EVP that said, it sounded like he's saying, I need medicine. So, oh. like, they're like, and he's like, maybe that's a spirit from the hospital. And I was like, that actually makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, maybe he should get the medicine in time and pass away. So, it was just interesting to think, like, wow, this one centralized location that has so much activity, because it is, mm-hmm. a, you know, multi-bar hotel, all right. of that. Maybe there are other spirits, like, kind of crossing its path. So, and like I said before, it's just everything looks close together, and uh, that's it. Maybe there was 10,000 people there back in the day. There mm-hmm. were not that many anymore, but uh, maybe it's only about 10,000 dead people. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, Pioche, Nevada, and the Overland Hotel. Nice. Mark it on our list of places to visit. <laughs> I, I'm about it. Yeah, I really want to stay in a haunted hotel. Yeah. I'm, I do. Yeah. yeah. I think they're pretty cool. Yeah. I say that as you walk in, I'm like, yeah. I mean, definitely like, I'm a big believer in, like, the lights do not have to be off to be able to, like, get mm-hmm. a full ghost experience. So I was like, well, if the lights are on, I think I'd be, I'd feel better. Okay. Maybe bring, like, a DVD player. We could watch, like, you know, a really happy Disney movie after. You know, that's, Absolutely. that's my only rule. Oh, <laughs> okay. I can roll with that. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. Um, we hope this was enough Sinister Sunrise to get you through your day. You can follow us on Instagram at Sinister Sunrise Podcast. 
You can email us any spooky stories, dreams, true crime, hopefully none that you have committed, um, <laughs> at sinistersunrisepodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, that's all we had. So hope you guys have a great day. Thank and you. Also, if you are liking what you're hearing on the pod, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to us that helps more people listen to us and also makes us feel good too so we yeah. appreciate all yes. of the you know great things that have been said on there so far um and just yeah thank you for listening and continuing to listen yeah. see you see you next time